Hi, it's Tahira Joy, and we are back with the Cut Life podcast. As always, we talk to the best celebrity stylist in the business. Um, my producer and dear friend, Big Med, is in the studio as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes he talks and sometimes he doesn't, but we shall see what happens today. Um, but on the line, I have someone that I've actually admired from afar on social media, and I'm all about stalking people and making them come on the show. <laughs> and I'm so glad she could. Um, grace us with her presence, Miss Angela Christine Stevens. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I love Cut Life, so Yay. I'm talking to y'all too. <laughs> no, no, we love you. And I just love that you always have this young, fresh vibe. And I think that we posted, well, I don't think, I know that we posted a look that you did on Eve for the Autism Speaks Gala this platinum blonde bob and I was like wait I didn't know she did short hair let let me find out (laughs) I do I do but you know I've been in LA for a while and short hair girls aren't really represented in LA it's like more of an east coast thing right right I don't get a chance to really exercise my short cutting skills as much as I would like because everybody loves long hair which I like that too right right you don't see as much of it on the on the west coast but it's funny, though, because um, with our platform, I get DMs and emails all the time from girls in L.A. looking mm-hmm. for stylists that do short hair. Really? So I feel like they're out there, but they just don't know who to contact. And they're not yeah. sure, probably because so many people are into long hair that they're just yeah. discouraged in finding people. But we know you know, a few key people out there. So we're like, look, <laughs> we could try to match you with someone that can help you out. But it's funny. Well, at least now that we know and having this conversation, maybe we'll get some more short hair requests going. But I know yeah. you are extremely busy anyway. And before we get into the latest projects, because I do want to talk about the fact that you're not only a stylist, but you're now an author. Yeah. Um, and I want to get into that. But before we do that, I really just wanted to get to know you and your background and how you even got into the hair industry in the first place. So if you want to tell me your story, um, the beginning of the Angela Christine brand, I would love to hear it. So I've always liked doing hair. I've been into hair since I was a kid. Like I never had long hair because I was always like curling mine, gelling it up. And my mom would let me because she didn't know how to do my hair. So I've always had a knack for it. I was doing, I was making money on the side, doing braids in high school. And I learned how to do weaves very early on. And then I went to college for a year. And then I kind of was just like, mom, like, I feel like I need to go to cosmetology school. And she watched me grow up and be so enthralled in hair my whole life. So she wasn't surprised. She was very supportive. And she was basically like, well, if you're going to go to cosmetology school, you need to go to Pivot Point. Uh, Pivot Point is probably one of the most world-renowned schools because they also make tools and education for most of the other cosmetology schools. So that was a big deal that she pointed me in that direction because I was just going to go to the cosmetology school up the street in Chicago on 119th. And that probably wouldn't have gotten me as far um, as getting the right, like a really solid education. So from um, Pivot Point, I just loved hair. I loved color. I loved extensions. I loved cutting. I loved everything about it. And so um, I found a mentor through one of my high school friends, and she was a L'Oreal educator, and she owned a salon. So I worked under her 
And then I branched out and then I started working in the salon on the south side. And I bounced around from a few salons, um, but I built a really strong clientele really early on. And I just immersed myself in it. Um, and then I, I came on vacation one day, one year to L.A., probably maybe like three, three or four years after I had been styling in the salon in Chicago. And being in L.A., it just kind of changed my life. It changed my perspective on what was available to me. Um, because I think traditionally most people don't really know about all the aspects of beauty, especially not back then because that was right before the Instagram era really hit. There was Facebook, and then Twitter was really big, but Instagram wasn't really um, cracking like that. So people didn't really know what was available to them as much. So when I came to L.A. and I realized, like, oh, I could be I could be doing celebrities, and I could be working on TV and film, or I could be doing this and that, it changed my whole perspective on what I thought I wanted to do with my life. And I moved three months later. Um, I got a job immediately working with Kim Kimball, and from there – that's when I really got into, like, working on set, working with celebrities, because, you know, that's Kim's, like, world. Like, she's built such a vast career from doing that. And then the, the second year I was in L.A., uh, we got offered the opportunity to do a television show. And so from the TV show, that, like, opened up a crazy amount of other doors for me. I also opened up a salon in the midst of that time, actually before we got on the show, um, and I was freelancing. I was working with a lot of artists and just kind of getting my feet wet in the industry. Um, and then from there, I started a YouTube channel, and I really started to enjoy, like, teaching and education. I was working with product companies on and off at the time, and so I really found a love for that. And I just continued to, like, branch out and try as many facets of the hair industry as possible. So now um, I still have a salon. I still have a salon um, in West Hollywood. I work there twice a week. I also work um, with Eve on the talk for CBS um, Monday through Thursday. And then I just launched and created this book and this children's brand that I'm working on. So it is a lot, but, you know, I like to tell people who are up and coming, like, you can do whatever you set your mind to. Just continue to try things and continue to let life teach you. I love that. And I I was actually first introduced to you on when you were on the WeTV LA Hair Show. That's when I first knew who you were. And I admired your hustle even on the show. Like you just had that spirit of someone that was hungry and was like, look, I'm trying to get it done. I'm serious about my craft. And I always respected that. And just to, you know, like you said, seeing that transition and being on social media a lot more, it kind of helps you connect with people that you don't know in person, but you're able Mm -hmm. to follow their careers and follow their journey. So I definitely admire how you've continued to transition transition and to continue to grow and one of the things that I actually do really love about you and that how you present your brand is that I feel like you're almost your own muse because a lot of times you switch your hair up a lot and it's always looks good and you have one of those faces that can almost wear like any style so I'll look and I'm like hold on Am I still following the same girl? Because she's got like long red, straight, then it's like wavy, then it's curly, then it's like big chop short, then it might be braids. And it's like you constantly switch it up. And I think that's so cool because it's um, I just feel like you're your own muse <laughs> and you're always trying yeah, things on so. yourself. 
I'm, I just, I have commitment issues. I'm a commitment folk. So it's like when it comes to my hair, I definitely can't commit to one look. And I know that a part of branding yourself is kind of looking the same, but I love doing hair. I love creating different looks and trying things. And I think it also inspires clients to see that their hairstylist does a multitude of things. So, you know, initially, I don't even know how I got here where I'm at now as far as being natural, all the, you know, team natural, big chop and everything, because I was totally obsessed with just weave and wigs for years. But I think I just kind of got tired of that being my only option. Right. And so um, one of the other things that I've been blessed to do with my career is help um, create startup companies. Um, so I worked with this startup company in New York, and she wanted to do like this eco-friendly um brand where she only used eco-friendly products and you know she did multicultural hair but mainly like in natural styles or straight styles and she wanted to make it like two hours or less and so through me having to like test products with that concept I started to grow a new love for like natural hairstyling that I didn't necessarily have before and that same year I think I just decided to cut all of my hair off and I was just like, you know what, let me try this out for myself. And it really has transformed my perspective on hair styling as well. It's just opened me up to a, a, another demographic of, like, hair options. So it's, it's great to be able to evolve. I just love, I love changing it up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll stay tuned. I think you're absolutely right because, you know, as clients, because I'm not a hairstylist, sometimes people think that I am, but I'm not. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of times we look to our stylists for inspiration as well. And if we mm-hmm. see it on you, we're like, oh, you know, that's a cool style. Let me try that or let me get some variation of it. And um, I like that you have taken your natural hair journey and used it as some inspiration for your book, Hair. And I saw that also popping up on social media. And I was like, okay, what is this? And then you're on like Revolt TV and doing like all these appearances and book signings. And I really love um, the concept behind it. But I will love you to, you know, to explain more because I think it's so important um, for us to teach young girls and even ourselves as adult women to embrace our hair. Thank you. Yeah, I um, honestly, I don't really do kids hair. I don't have kids. So the fact that I decided to make a children's book is kind of left field. But the inspiration came from a number of things. Number one, as much as I love weaves and wigs, I'm not really happy with the direction that the whole frontal and lace movement has gone into. Oh, my gosh. Please speak on it. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> the reality of wearing lace fronts and gluing down frontals every day is that you're going to lose your hairline. And unless you have enough forehead to start to glue the the lace way far in front of your hairline, you're going to cause damage regardless. And that's what a lot of people don't realize because of the Instagram era. It's like they want this instant gratification, this instant ability to be able to change their look and go from blonde to purple to pink to long to short to different textures. And that's all well and good. But honestly, wearing lace is really for people in television and film. Right. It's not for the average girl that works at the post office. It's not for the average girl who works at, you know, um, the nurse, like, is a nurse or works at the doctor's office. Like, like the reality of it is that we're doing things to our hair that are not really made for our lifestyle. 
And the result of that is a lot of women are losing their hair at early ages, are losing their hairlines, you know, and it gradually happens. So you don't see it over time. But we also have been developing a very um, unhealthy addiction to weaves and wigs. Yes, definitely. And you see it because, you know, considering that we are a short hair site, a lot of Mm -hmm. times we have seen um, stylists that do you know, restorative treatments or try Mm -hmm. to do, you know, big chops and haircuts to help because there are a lot of women that are losing their hair. And I was even surprised at how young these women are, like early 20s. -hmm. I'm 34, so I'm looking at it like, wow, like why are you losing your hair at this young of an age? And I'm glad that you are speaking on it because that was my thought as well. I'm like, look, you're not Beyonce hitting the stage. You don't need to do the same things that performers are doing you know, for right. certain purposes, right. like it's not, like you said, it's not it doesn't fit your lifestyle and it's very damaging and they're not always installed properly or taking exactly. off, taking off properly. And, you know, exactly. the hair care and maintenance in between, you know, doing that. And it just seems like it might be like uncomfortable. I don't like a whole lot of things on my head. Maybe that's why I have short hair because I like freedom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, that's definitely <laughs> most, most, most people are willing to sacrifice those basic needs of like freedom or like feeling the most like themselves for this look, this exotic, um, you know, look that weaves and, you know, frontals and everything completed. But honestly, if you look at most, tutorials where they do a transformation and they, you know, put them in a wig or whatever, their ends are not trimmed. Their hair does not look healthy. No. They're not doing any hair care. It's like the driest hair, the driest flaky scalp, you know, and they're just slapping the hair on top and then it's like, voila. And so people are gravitating to this unknowingly not realizing that there's no hair care associated with, with these services. And so, and so then you end up becoming a prisoner of, exactly. of the prisoner wig, of basically. The wig yeah. Because then your hairline has started to deteriorate. Your scalp is get, having all kinds of issues. Your hair isn't growing. Your ends aren't being trimmed. So your the split ends are continuing to split even if the hair is growing. And so you're telling yourself, oh, I'm in a protective style because that's kind of what it is. But your hair isn't getting any of the protection or the benefit of being put away. Have you had a scenario where someone's come to you with damage from improper installations and you had to make them over or help fix the issue? Or have you seen it a lot in L.A.? Yeah, I've definitely definitely seen it a lot. Um, I don't have as many clients necessarily that have had those types of issues because I don't really I don't really work with like the general public. I mainly just kind of work with the clientele that I've had over the years because I only work a few days a week now. Right, right. I'm I'm right in that in-between stage where I'm almost at the point of, like, not working in a salon anymore. But um, I know, like, Razor Chick of Atlanta. Yes, yes. She, shout out to her, she's so bomb. But she posts a lot about freeing um, people or freeing women of their weaves. And they have all of these crazy bra spots and alopecia. And I definitely have clients that have alopecia, but there's genetic alopecia and then there's traction alopecia. Right. Genetic alopecia is something that you have to, you have to, um, like, take care of in the beginning stages when you first start to see it happening. And usually you can't either take medication um, or you can get services from a dermatologist that will help and stop the action. 
But when it comes to traction alopecia, that's just something that happens based on the care that you give to the hair. And so, yeah, I have seen a lot of young women with traction alopecia, and once that follicle is gone, it won't come back unless you try to reverse the steps that you're taking with your hair care. Right. So sometimes the look is more important than freeing yourself from that addiction. Absolutely. And I get it that women love versatility. We Mm -hmm. all do. But Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of consulting a professional that knows what they're doing and can give you realistic expectations based on what looks you're trying to achieve. Because it's like, hey, is is a hairstyle worth losing your hair? I don't think so. Well, the issue with hair is everybody thinks that they have a say. Everybody thinks that they know what's proper especially in the black community, hair is something that we pass down within our home. You know, hair is something, so it's not necessarily respected as much on a professional level the same way like medical treatments are. Um, and so what happens is people will go to stylists who they believe are professional because their Instagram is popping or because they've seen the result of what the work looks like. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee professionalism when it comes to hair care right. and maintaining what you have. And there's not really as much of a regulation on that. What are some questions that you would have um, clients ask prospective hairstylists? Like, say if someone is like, okay, I'm looking for a stylist and I want to make sure that, you know, I'm receiving proper hair care in addition to the style that I want, what are some of those like questions that you would suggest the general public to ask in a consultation to kind of determine, okay, this stylist may know something about how to care for the hair? Well, it's not necessarily even the questions that you ask. It's more of what you see the stylist either suggests or doesn't. So okay. if, you go, if you're going to someone, and yeah, you want to get a frontal because you want on vacation, you want it to look a certain way, whatever, whatever. And then you start to love that frontal and that look, they may have done a great job. Then after you take that frontal off, what is your stylist recommending? Are they recommending a deep conditioning treatment? Are they recommending some kind of scalp treatment? Are they recommending that maybe you don't get the frontal next time that maybe you get you do a little bit of leave out or they suggesting maybe do a wig instead that you could take on and off and treat the hair are they suggesting that you trim your hair at all like you know are they giving a thorough shampoo like a lot of stylists that do frontals and wigs and stuff they don't even shampoo their customers are you serious yes it's like that's like a thing with like the newer generation I sound so old right now, but no, <laughs> no, you're schooling like because I didn't know. I didn't realize that. So are they expecting the client to come already washed in condition? Yeah, yeah it's like a thing like, oh, you got to come clean and they get them out in an hour. You know, they do these huge braids. Don't don't moisturize the scalp whatsoever. Don't trim your hair. And then they just throw the tracks on, throw the front on, glue it down in the front, gel the baby hairs and send them out the door in an hour, hour and a half. And so what you're getting is, like, these quick, like, assembly line hairstyles without any of the hair care. Wow. That's crazy. So if those are the types of stylists that people are going to, then you will look up in a year and not have no hair. And that's sad. It's like all styling but no maintenance, no hair care. And that's the point of hiring a professional stylist Mm because if not, you would just be doing it at home. And I think... 
that's what I do love about our platform. It's not just about short hair, but it's a platform that actually promotes the stylist. Because I know Mm -hmm. in the past few years with, you know, heightened social media engagement, it's a lot of focus on DIY, which there's no issue with that. Like, you know, you want to know how to do certain things um, in between appointments. But then there also are certain things that you probably shouldn't do on your own. (laughs) Right. Especially when it comes to a chemical or cutting like you have to be careful Mm -hmm. and even you know installing hair because there is a certain um technique to that and you know even not even just installing it but taking it out because I've seen people improperly take out weave and it's caused damage to their hair when they could have you know gone to the salon to do that yeah definitely that's my biggest issue with the natural hair movement but people when they decided to go natural were forced to do their own hair because a lot of professional stylists didn't deem that as something that they wanted to do or didn't really know how to do it and never got educated on it. And so it pushed a lot of naturals to learn how to do their own hair at home. And a lot of trial and error, too, because you have to go through so many different products to see what works. And then there's this new terminology. Are you 4C? Are you 3A? It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, it becomes overwhelming. It's a whole different world. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, natural doesn't always... equate to healthy and it's, it can mm-hmm. be natural mm-hmm. but dry <laughs> and brittle and breaking and right. you know so you have to hair care is just so very important absolutely what would you say are like your biggest overall hair care tips that you live by like certain things that you think are important especially for black hair well going back to your original question about the book I never got a chance to answer because we started talking about oh yeah you know we can talk about frontals and weaves and lace fronts all day like (laughs) I can do it all day Um, but to kind of answer both questions at the same time the reason that I made hair was to create a way for us to pass down fundamental information to our next generation of young women while we're also learning it at the same time so that's why I made it in a children's format is not necessarily just for kids. It's really for kids and their parents who are probably making a lot of mistakes when it comes to their own hair care. Um, But some of the tips that I put in there, like one of the pages is like hair, um, it's about braids and just celebrating the fact that we can wear braids. But it says if those braids feel achy or tight, pain is your hair's way of screaming this isn't done right. So... You know, I always go back to the fact that, like, Tyra on, like, the first season of Top Model, like, told one of the girls, like, yeah, you know, weave, it has to be tight. I remember that because I was, like, a teenager. And it was just the worst information to spread out there publicly for the world, you know. And it's right. like we passed down that wrong information. Like, braids don't have to be tight in order to be secure. There's a way to do braiding where you don't have to pull at the scalp, but you still creating a secure brain that's going to last week, you know? And that's one piece of information and I want little girls to know is that they don't have to sit there and endure this pain because that pain is an indication that you probably will lose your hair. And it sounds, and it's the same thing with relaxers where it's mm-hmm. been passed down mm-hmm. that it's ready when it burns. And it's like, yeah, no, not, it's no. not ready. You're burning your scalp when it burns. That's what's exactly. happening. It shouldn't be burning because you're supposed to be based or you're supposed to use a level of relaxer that works with your hair, hair and scalp. But yeah, we pass down so much wrong information. So that's one thing that I put in the book. 
another thing I put in the book is just the importance of moisture, whether it's through oil or whether it's through water. But our hair loves moisture. And one thing that we, <laughs> that you know, you can't deal with a black woman if her hair is wet. It's like, oh, no, it's the end of the world. Right. <laughs> but really, our hair really likes moisture. Our hair really does like water. And even if you're, you're not supposed to really shampoo your hair, more than like between four or five days or more, but giving your hair that hydration is still really, really good for the hair. So I explain that in a few different ways in the book. Um, so do you prescribe you, to co-washing? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. I didn't at first because I was like, ugh, that's nasty. Like, I want a clean head of hair. But when it comes to natural hair, you have to co-wash in order to keep some of that nat- the moisture that you put in the hair through products um, over the week, and you have to keep that in there so that you can see a more um, defined curl pattern and the hair is softer and more shiny. So a lot of times with curly hair, it gets super dry because the natural sebum from the scalp can't trickle down to the ends of the hair. And so that's why you have to add more moisture and add more moisture. So when it's time to shampoo again, you don't want to take away everything you added because you really need it for the end. Absolutely. So once um, I understood the psychology behind co-washing, it it definitely does make a difference in the look and feel of natural hair. Now, co-washing for straight styles, I don't recommend um, unless, like, for relaxed hair, you can co-wash every once in a while and then, like, just remold it um, and, and curl it and style it if it's really dry or if it's color-treated and you really don't want to strip the color from it, but it just needs to be cleansed. Um, Co-wash has antimicrobial oil in it, which means that it's a cleansing oil, cleansing agent that still clear the hair and scalp with, from any debris, but it just doesn't strip the, um, the natural oil. Right, mm-hmm. right. No, I love that. And so, and it's, that's very important because... Yeah, you can even feel your hair, the difference between when you yeah. shampoo it and condition it and just how it feels. Like, you know, the shampoo gives it that squeaky kind of mm-hmm. feeling and then the conditioner softens it. So you can even see right there the difference that it makes. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And I'm actually looking at a quote that I think is super cute um, from the book. And it was um, a caption that you put on your Instagram says your hair can be moody, just like you and me. Sometimes it takes patience to make it happy as can be. I thought that was too cute. (laughs) And so true, because some days you're like, I love my hair. It looks amazing. And other days you're like, wait a minute, it just looked good yesterday. What happened? But hair kind of does have its own mood and you have to just learn to, to go with it, you know? Yeah, that's the whole premise of the book. It's basically um, the character Keely. She comes home from school and she's like, Mom, like, no, I don't like my hair. It doesn't look like anybody's hair at school and it doesn't look like yours. And I wanted to raise the conversation up between like multicultural families and like moms who are raising daughters who are maybe half black or you know, have Latina and they don't have the same hair as their mom or they might all be black and they just look different. Right. Um, and her mom basically explains that like your hair isn't just this object that's sitting up there. Your hair is, it's like a person. And so the story, the hair comes to life and I basically re- relay all the information of why we should take care of it in a form of like why you should take care of another person. 
what does another person need? So the same way that we drink water, your hair needs natural oils to survive. The same way we might have a good day here and a bad day here, your hair does the same thing. But the more you learn how to take care of it, the better it's going to look and the more you're going to love it. And so that's kind of the premise of the whole book is to feed those hair care tips in there, but also to have fun with the idea that, like, the hair really is a personality and it does all this stuff, especially curly hair. You can wear it straight. You can wear it curly. You can wear it in braids. You can wear it. So it's a celebration of, like, all the options that we have um, and then also throwing my hair tips in but then having a good time with it for kids to really feel like, whoa, this is fun. Like, I'm learning, but it doesn't feel like I'm learning. <laughs> and everyone should know the illustrations are absolutely amazing. Thank um, you. I didn't do those. Oh, I know you have <laughs> a partner that worked yes. with you. Yeah, his name is J.Q. Thurls. He's so talented. Um, we're really excited about the next phase of what we're um, putting together as far as the book series. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot more. We're working on a, a book for boys um, because, you know, Boys have as many questions about their hair as we do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and just a lot of um, online resources for families to really understand hair care in an easy way. So I'm excited. It's a lot of work, but, you know, that's what we're here to do, right? You no, know, I love it. I love the brand expansion and anyone listening. You can purchase hair on prettycurlsclub.com or Amazon, that's prettycurlsclub.com. And what is Pretty Curls Club? Well, basically, when I initially came up with the concept, the the club was going to be cheesy and all the other characters I create, and they're all of different ethnicities. But what binds them together as friends is their big curly hair. Um, And since that idea, we've evolved a little bit more into... Um, the actual readers wanting to be a part of the club. So now we're building out content and a membership for the readers of hair and the other books to come so that they can feel like they're a part of a club and learn more about hair and get all the merch and stuff like that too. So, I love it. (laughs) You are such a boss. I think it's amazing what you're doing. And I love that, you know, you've, I always talk to stylists about ways um, that they expand their brand and get beyond the chair. And I love that you've created this um, new platform for people to really learn and be engaged. And it's impactful for all generations because moms obviously can share it with their daughters. Girlfriends can share it with each other. And I think it's really really amazing what you're doing um and again anyone listening prettycurlsclub.com and amazon we have to purchase and support this book we're definitely going to post about it on the cut life because we need all of our followers to know about it and to purchase the series and i just wanted to thank you angela for joining us on the podcast i really enjoy talking to you and getting to know you and hopefully i can meet you in person when i get back out to la We'll have Thank to you. have lunch Thank you so much. <laughs> and catch Yes, up. definitely. And um, everyone that's listening, you can follow Angela Christine on Instagram at Angela C. Styles. Um, that's A-N-G-E-L-A-C-S-T-Y-L-E-S. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And thanks a lot. Anytime. And when the new book comes out, we want to have you back on so we can talk about it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I could talk for for days. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cut Life Podcast. As always, we talk to the best hairstylist in the business. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes and also on LiveTheCutLife.com where we post new content daily. Check us on Instagram at The Cut Life. We always have events coming up in the city near you and we want to see you live and in person. And if you have any questions about the podcast or anything as it relates to The Cut Life, you can email Email us at info at livethecutlife.com. That's info at livethecutlife.com. And stay blessed until next time.